Welcome to It's a Question of Balance with Ruth Copland. Featuring stimulating in-depth interviews with special guests from all areas of the arts. And now, here's your host for It's a Question of Balance, Ruth Copland. Welcome to the show where we balance the intellectual with the creative, exploring whether we have more in common than divides us through thought-provoking conversations. For the topic hour, I go out and about and talk to people on the street about a wide variety of different subjects that affect us all, both locally and globally. And for this, the Arts Hour, I interview local, national and international guests from all areas of the arts. And the show combines a debate topic with an arts interview because I feel discussion and creativity are two of the most vital ways we engage with the world. This week, my special guests from the arts are award-winning artist Rose Celery and sought-after style guru Tina Brown. Together, they founded Pivot, the art of fashion, which brings together art and fashion with custom-tailored events and collaborations. Also together, Rose and Tina now produce Fashion Teen Santa Cruz, which invites middle and high school students to design and create fashion projects that are wearable and artistic. Tina Brown is a personal clothing stylist and blogger with a Bachelor of Science degree in Environmental Design from UC Davis. Her studies emphasised clothing as an environment for the body, not solely fashion. She interned with a French milliner in San Francisco and worked at Britex Fabrics, where she took her first consignment making hats for a major runway event for Macy's. Tina went on to work for the next 10 years on fashion photo shoots and runway events in San Francisco, San Jose and Los Angeles. Some of her clients included Macy's, Saks Fifth Avenue and Giorgio Armani and her credits also include movie set costume stylist. For six years, Tina was the designer coordinator for Fashion Art Santa Cruz, to which she brought her years of runway experience in San Francisco to discover and support up-and-coming local fashion designers. Her personal style business, Ilka Style, is based in Santa Cruz, California, and helps clients find their personal style identity through her trademark Three Elements of Style Protocol. Rose Celery is an artist creating sculpture, conceptual garments, installations and photo montage. She's the recipient of numerous awards, one being the coveted Gail Rich Award. The primary focus of her work is human dynamics, the fragility of the family, gender roles, social issues and the intricacies of our relationships to one another and the mysteries of who we are. Inspired by the spoken word, Rose reinterprets, collected slang, derogatory words and thoughtlessly sanctioned expressions. She works in the materials essential to the piece, from metal to bone, cigarette butts to rose petals, fabric to photographs, creating humorous, thought-provoking and sometimes disturbing three-dimensional objects and wearable art. Rose has curated art exhibits and fashion events around California and has exhibited artwork nationally and internationally. Rose is one of the driving forces behind Fashion Art Santa Cruz for nine years and she also manages the Cabrillo College Gallery in Aptos, California. 
This year, Pivot the Art of Fashion returns to the Rio Theatre in Santa Cruz, California on Saturday, September 21st. And we'll be hearing all about this unique and highly creative event during the show. Well, welcome to the show, Tina. Thank you. And welcome, Rose. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So I thought I'd start with asking you about Pivot, the art of fashion. You founded this together in 2015. What inspired you to start Pivot? How did it come about? We had both been working on Fashion Art Santa Cruz for a number of years. And as it didn't seem to evolve, we wanted to evolve. Mm. And as much as we loved Fashion Art Santa Cruz, we wanted to take that model and expand on it and take it to other venues in other cities, as well as work with our artists and designers and create collaborations, workshops, and a general camaraderie, which we've certainly done. <laughs> and, and what does the name Pivot evoke? It kind of evokes um, pivoting on how we think about fashion and art. Mm. They're sort of um, blur those lines and make you change the way you're thinking about them. Ah, okay. Rose, a part of Pivot is presenting conceptual garments. And as a conceptual garment designer, I'm wondering if you could describe for listeners who may not be familiar with this concept what, what it is. Conceptual garments are garments that convey some concept, an idea or story behind the piece. And they're actual legitimate art pieces that happen to be worn on the body. Hmm. And okay. they don't always make it down the runway, but um, generally, <laughs> generally they struggle along. <laughs> well, because it, you mean they're so heavy? <laughs> well, they can be heavy or cumbersome or uh, loaded down with numerous items. Uh, they're, they're art pieces, and so they, they come from a different genre than the designer's work, which is right. wearable and comfortable and beautiful, and yes. you can walk in it. Right. And sit. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got some very dedicated models doing the yeah <laughs> the conceptual garment wearing. I think everyone has a good time. <laughs> Could you give us an idea of the genesis of one of your recent conceptual garments? Maybe one that's going to be in the upcoming show. You know, sort of describe it and what inspired it. One of the pieces that is going to be in the show is called um, Untouchable. And that stems primarily from my interest in in Indian sex, and that is sex, not sex. Sex. Uh, uh, that uh, has the different caste systems, and untouchables has always been very fascinating so you to mean, me. Do you mean gender? No, I, I mean the hierarchy oh, in Indian right. culture. Okay. So uh, the untouchables are, are one of those. They are the lowest of the lows, uh, people that you can't get near. You don't want them near you. You don't want to touch them because then you're sullied or soiled. Right. Um, and it also stems uh, from a recent divorce that I went through after 35 years and mm. that sense in myself that I am a little bit untouchable, that I have a barrier around me and noticing that and bringing it forth in my artwork. 
So the mm. piece is also talking about where I notice I happen to be in my life right now. Mm. So I feel a little untouchable. Do you mean untouchable because people don't want to approach you or you if that's how you feel? I had more guarded. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. That, that uh, I don't want them to touch me. That right. I, my heart. Not that you're feeling they're avoiding you like the, no. the untouchables. I hope not. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the untouchables in, in India, that, in, is, yeah, that is the yeah. case, you know. So I, was, I just wanted to clarify. But, but yeah. it, it, it stemmed from that Indian idea of, mm. you know, the lowest of the low and that you don't want to approach them. And then I also realized this is part of mm. my life right now. And, right. And, you know, sometimes we, we walk along without noticing where we are within ourselves and this uh is something that i went oh yeah this is kind of about me right yeah isn't that always the way with art you sort of make yeah. something and then you're like oh actually I can see some <laughs> oh i'm all over that <laughs> <laughs> so how did you approach that then visually i mean what does the piece look like i, mean, I know we're on radio but if you could sort of create a picture of, of what so it looks like the piece itself is white and it's made of white zip ties and they're oh, eight okay. inch long zip ties and there are about thirteen thousand eight hundred zip ties on this garment and wow. hat so Goodness. there's a lot of zip ties. How did on you there. even find that many zip ties? Well, it's <laughs> another story. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I had some, and then I go, oh, I need more. You're not a hoarder of yeah. zip ties. <laughs> well, hoarder maybe, but not hoarder of zip ties. I did have to order a, a number of those. That's how why I know how many I've used up. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it it the the whole garment is bristling with zip ties mm. so it is literally unapproachable um you you couldn't hug the person wearing this oh i see and okay she can't sit down either right and it's in the form of a full length is it a dress or it's a it's a dress um a shorter garment um not full length but you know above the knees yeah um that has a hat and yeah and this will be in pivot in this will be in the show the upcoming up. show yeah, yeah. so we'll, we'll be able to see that well we as in the people going to the show <laughs> i hope all of you will come <laughs> yes come to the show <laughs> um so tina um pivot presents conceptual garment artists and fashion designers together why combine these um well one thing it gives um, conceptual artists, conceptual garment artists, an opportunity to show their pieces actually walking mm. on a runway. Right. Um, and the idea of combining the two is something that hadn't before fashion art hadn't really been done before. Um, and uh, we wanted to support local art and fashion together, really to create that community. And, and, our, and our artists and designers actually, you know, will end up, collaborating or working together or playing off each other's ideas um, and that's what we wanted to create with with pivot yeah. yeah interesting how would you define fashion it's probably not that easy I'm sure a lot of people define it in different um, ways but um. well actually fashion is a business fashion is about selling clothes and fashion is something that everybody has to everybody gets dressed in the morning so it is something that we all share how we approach that can be very different but it is basically a business the business of the business of, of selling clothes yeah right so you would apply fashion to any clothes even because some people think of fashion as only sort of 
you know, Gucci or, you know, something right. like that. But is it no, any, I, I would I would say it's any clothes. Yeah. 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 You might, you know, and again, you know, you may call like Gucci or something high fashion. But, um, you know, you choose to get dressed. You choose what you put on every morning. And that's your own fashion. Yeah. So I think you can look at it in two ways, as a business and also as an expression. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good distinction. As a personal stylist, I'm wondering whether you feel there's a connection between conceptual garments and wearable fashion in terms of personal expression. Absolutely. Um, Just like Rose was just describing her conceptual garment, you know, really came about with this idea of you know, the untouchables in India, but really was about her and what, what she was feeling and then ended up expressing. And I think, like I said, when you get dressed in the morning, you also think about how am I feeling today? Who am I going to see? What do I need to do? What do I need to like look like or present myself? And I think bo- both of those are expressions. Right. It just yeah. depends what level you're taking it to. Yes. And some people wear conceptual garments every day. Like you think of somebody like Iris Apfel, who is a, you know, she just turned 98 and, you know, they've had her own exhibit at the Met in um, New York and she layers on the jewelry and piles it on and she's practically a walking conceptual (laughs) garment every single day (laughs) and she loves it. And I love looking at what she's wearing. So, you know, there's different levels of it really yes yeah that's true the sort of the level of drama I guess is perhaps part of that you know exactly how much you want to yeah put that out there well if you just joined us you're listening to it's question of balance with me Ruth Copland and my special guests this week award-winning artist Rose Celery and sought-after style guru Tina Brown and together they founded Pivot the Art of Fashion which is upcoming in Santa Cruz, if you are in the California Santa Cruz area, on Saturday, September 21st at the Rio Theatre. We're going to go to a break now, but we'll be back with more conversation after these messages. music from it's a question of balance with ruth copland have you ever wondered what the full songs sound like now you can find out by listening to the new ep it's a question of balance music available from itunes amazon and it's a question of balance.com There's more to us than just that. 
It's a question of balanced music. Download individual tracks or the whole EP from iTunes, Amazon, or it's a question of balance.com. Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm the second generation owner of Bookshop Santa Cruz. We pride ourselves on being Santa Cruz's community bookstore. We feature an extensive selection of new and used books, children's books and toys, gifts, cards, magazines, and games. Our knowledgeable booksellers can help you find just the right book or gift. We hope you can join us for our author events each week, featuring best-selling authors and books of local interest. And if you can't get downtown, our website has over 3.2 million titles, which ship directly to your home. We even have experts on site to help you publish your own book or family history. Come visit us downtown or at our website, bookshopsantacruz.com. Bookshop Santa Cruz has been an independent bookseller for over half a century in the community we love. Visit Bookshop Santa Cruz downtown. We love our customers and the books that make it all possible. Bookshop Santa Cruz, online and in downtown Santa Cruz. Welcome back. You're listening to It's a Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland, and my special guest from the arts this week, award-winning artist Rose Celery and sought-after style guru Tina Brown, co-founders of Pivot, the art of fashion. And in the break, we heard from Bookshop Santa Cruz, and I wanted to let you know that uh, Bookshop has some amazing author events coming up. And on Wednesday, September 18th at 7pm, Pulitzer Prize winning author and former US ambassador to the United Nations, Samantha Power, will be in Santa Cruz for a reading and signing of her new book, The Education of an Idealist. And the book traces Power's distinctly American journey from Irish immigrant to human rights activist to United States ambassador to the UN. Power began her career as a war correspondent and her perspective on government is quite unique as she takes us from the streets of war-torn Bosnia to the Situation Room and out into the world of high-stakes diplomacy. She also reveals what it's like to juggle the demands of a 24-7 national security job with raising two young children. And in the face of great challenges, she shows us not just how the United States can lead, but why there's always something each of us can do to advance the cause of human dignity. This is an amazing opportunity to see Samantha Pan, named as one of Time magazine's 100 most influential people. It's an off-site ticketed event being held at Peace United Church on Wednesday, September 18th at 7pm. And you can get more information at bookshopsantacruz.com. You do need to get tickets and I would suggest getting them in advance. So that's bookshopsantacruz.com. Dot com And then also coming up on September 25th, Jacqueline Woodson is coming to Santa Cruz and she's the best-selling author of more than two dozen multi-award winning books, including Another Brooklyn and Brown Girl Dreaming. So that's a chance to see her in person and get your book signed. And again, more information at bookshopsantacruz.com. Well, back to my guests this week, Rose and Tina. And um, I wanted to ask you... Uh, how do you choose who to include in, in the Pivot Art of Fashion show? I imagine that could be quite difficult. <laughs> it's, 
It's very difficult. Actually, this year we had a lot of applications. It was it was really hard. And and then we also have people that return to us every year. People that are kind of our stable buddies that show up and say, "Yes, I'm in. I want to do it." Right. And and you let them. <laughs> most, you, of them. You, <laughs> most of them you have you have room because i mean that, that's always a difficulty isn't it with the recurring thing is that you have people who you know are the sort of staple if you like but then you have to enable you know new people to come through so it's a difficult a- balance a- absolutely yeah. and the people that we've worked with many times over the past are always creating something new so we're very excited to bring their work back because we know it's going to be new and different and engaging. Right. And, and this time, you know, we, uh, the last two times we've um, had our event at the Wrigley building and um, we just lined those big hallways with chairs and it's quite an intimate show. And we've moved back to the Rio, which we're super excited about, but this is also a stage mm. and, you know, we may be using the aisles as runways, but it's a little bit of a different venue. So there were a few people that we thought, their stuff is not going to work as well on the, in this venue, in this mm. stage. And there were a few pieces we took because they were more performance elements in it that we thought, okay, this is going to be great at the Rio. So that that sort of played into our decision making this year. But we we did we did have to turn away some people, and that was really hard it's phone calls to hard. make. Yeah. Um, but we try to call them personally and talk to them. And mm. actually, even one of our artists, who's now sort of one of our staples, Ellen Brooks, she does hand painted silks. Um, the first year she applied back when we were at Fashion Art, I, mm. I turned her down yeah. because she, I, I was like, I want you to keep working and I want you to come back with more stuff mm. and, and more garments, not just scarves. Mm. And she did. And now she's creating full garments and beautiful pieces. So even if we like their work, they may not be ready yet. So mm. we try to also help develop them and get them ready. Right. Yeah. I understand this year's show includes three high school students, recipients of the Pivot Visionary Award from this year's Fashion Teen Santa Cruz. And I mentioned earlier that you've taken over producing Fashion Teen Santa Cruz. Could you tell listeners a bit about what this is? About Fashion Teens? Mm. Fashion Teens is an offshoot of Fashion Art Santa Cruz that Kathleen Crocetti, who has been a teacher at Mission Hill Middle School for quite a long time, She began and started in her arts classroom where she had students uh, make garments primarily out of recycled materials, and then they had a fashion show at the end. Mm. And eventually that expanded uh, with the help of numerous volunteers and help from the community into a countywide show that includes uh, middle school and high school students from across Santa Cruz County. And mm. then we have a show at the Civic Auditorium with all these young teenagers who have created their own amazing garments. Last year we had um, 12 schools in the county, all the way from South County to Scotts Valley. And we had about 175 kids participate. Wow. And I understand mm-hmm. you have different categories for the students. Can you tell us a bit about those? Yeah, actually, um, this last year, they um, started a new category, which I was pretty excited about, called social justice. Mm. So there were pieces about building a wall, pieces about mm. gun violence, um, and you can win an award for that. There's also the Marina Debris Art Award. Um, and there's also a Fashion Trash Award, which is um, creating garments out of trash. Oh, wow. 
Um, and then there's also our award, the Pivot Visionary Award. We, we tend to look for somebody who's gone beyond the regular confines of like what we consider clothing, like sort of pushing those boundaries. Right. So most of those teens are creating clothing made Something out of very yes. innovative, innovative yeah. and creative mm-hmm. from materials you wouldn't normally expect. Yeah. But to get the Visionary Award, you've created more of a, a sort of wearable art garment. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. One one of the award winners, um, he's actually won two, our award two other times, Adam oh, Warmhout, and his pieces this year are um, called Ghost, and uh, they're you know they make you really think. I I find them um, very kind of mysterious, and he's used um, sticks and string and things like that. They're they're really quite avant garde and mm. far beyond what you would expect from a high school student. So I I think the people who do attend the show or who are lucky enough to see these will be quite excited by them. They, they're they um, definitely beyond high school level. Yeah. And for us, it seemed to be a natural um, progression for us to take it over. We've worked on it for years supporting mm. Kathleen, and Kathleen was ready to move on to something else. And many of our students have gone on to nat- then apply to our show as mm. adults mm. and also go to art school. So, oh, like, cool. yeah. one of the Fashion Teen alumni is has an amazing piece in our show called American Gothic, and it's made from bullet casings, and it's about gun violence. Mm. So um, it's really amazing to see these kids develop and then continue with their, with their art. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Some people think of fashion as frivolous and silly, and other thinks, others think it has a negative impact on body image and that it can be expensive if you feel you have to keep up what would you say to address those points of view in particular in relation to teens um yeah so i think that um part of what they're doing at fashion teens is upcycling recycling Mm. clothes a lot of um kathleen's classes would go to the goodwill get pieces and remake them Mm. and it actually makes them think about where their clothes come from Mm. and what they're using it for Um, so I feel like hopefully it takes away a little bit of that pressure. Yeah. Um, I do hope that it gets them to think about clothing in a different way and not just be looking like everybody else or wearing the same label as everybody else and finding that, um, that expression is more important than a label. Right. So if someone comes to a pivot show, what can they expect in, in terms of the actual show itself? What's the kind of order of events? (laughs) <laughs> well, one of the first things that happens is if you happen to be a VIP, we have a pre-party to mm. the show. And that's going to be catered by Chocolat, the restaurant. Mm. So it should be really fantastic. Yeah. And then at 7.30, the actual show starts. And we always mingle along with the artist's creation and the designer's wearable items we mingle performance in there. So we have some wonderful pr- surprises coming up. Um, Lori Rivera is going to be singing. Micah Hogan is going to be uh, one of our dancers. And Renata Brath is going to be playing the cello uh, along with whatever else is happening. So it's, it's really visually stunning and very rich. Mm. And so the VIP is a kind of higher level ticket can, can any higher level ticket can anyone get one of those or do you have you to be can. invited okay yeah. you can get it. yeah 
There is a limited number. Okay, so while <laughs> tickets last, and yes, Pivot is a philanthropic endeavor. So how how does that work? And you know, in, in terms of um, your philanthropy. Primarily, we don't make any money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Primarily, um, we basically try to pay everybody who's on the show and support our artists and designers and and pay our venue. And maybe if there's something left out, left over, we pay ourselves. But mostly, if there's anything left, we go to create another event, like maybe a designer's market where our people can sell stuff or, you know, we pay for photo shoots for, for um, our designers to help them with press. That sort of thing. And I mean, the impetus behind it, I mean, obviously it's an art event, but you are also providing a lot of sort of mentorship and and development for the people in in it too, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I was wondering, the people who come to Pivot, do they... um, do they pay more attention to what they're wearing because they know they're coming to this event, do you think? Or? I, th- I think some people plan for it. Um, uh, you know, I walk Westcliff every morning. There was this nice man who would always stop to talk to me. And he said, oh, I'm coming to your show. I said, oh, you are. And he showed up wearing a full kilt, dressed to the nines. <laughs> he he's like 6'4 or something. And, um, and he already told me, he's like, oh, I'm going to wear something different this year. Right. So some people plan it out and some people just roll up in their jeans and sneakers and just enjoy the show. Yeah. I have to say that kilt was fabulous. <laughs> I like kilts. I yeah, do too. I really like kilts a lot. Yeah. So either way, you can have a bit of fun yourself if you want to come sort of dressed mm-hmm. up or you can just come to come watch. Come as you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, talk to each of you a little bit um, more in detail about your own work. Tina, you have a fashion styling business, Ilka Style, based in Santa Cruz. What, what does Ilka mean? <laughs> Um, so because my name is Tina Brown and there's a far more famous Tina Brown out there who was oh. editor of the New Yorker and Vanity Fair and the Daily Beast, um, I couldn't get anything with my name on it. So Ilka is an old Scottish word um, that means each and every and it comes from an Alexander McCall Smith book. Mm. So for me, it meant yeah. each and every style. He's been a guest on the show. So. Oh, I saw him last <laughs> yeah. time he came for Bookshop Santa Cruz. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, a friend of mine, um, we were reading uh, one of his books and she's like, oh, this might be perfect. And so I use it to mean each and every style. Everybody has a unique style. They may not have found it yet, but they do. Mm. And your degree I mentioned focused on the body as an environment. How do you apply that idea to your styling work? Um, well, basically, I think also, as you mentioned, I focus on body shape coloring and personality meaning what shapes are best for your body what's going to look most flattering on you what colors are going to look great on your complexion bring out the color of your eyes and the personality sort of your lifestyle Mm. so I'm not going to like you know suggest that somebody wears heels because that's what's in fashion right now that's not the kind of world that person necessarily lives in so um it really has to reflect who they are and um how their life progresses or right yeah because I mean we don't necessarily want to be judged on our appearance but inevitably how we look does have an effect on on other people and it's also an opportunity to express ourselves and even send messages in a way in terms of melding or conforming with the environment around us or standing out from it is this something you consider when working with your clients absolutely that's definitely where the personality aspect comes in Mm. Um, and I actually try to 
talk to my clients of, yes, in a workplace, you might have to wear certain things to be appropriate, but you can still express who you are, um, you know, with leopard shoes, if you're a really kind of fun, wild person, mm. even though you might be wearing suiting or, um, if you like big chunky jewelry, you can still wear that with like a very simple dress. So you're mm. still appropriate in the workplace. Or I had one of my early clients, um, she had a love of sort of ethnic, um, dresses and prints, but in the office, she wasn't being taken seriously. They mm. thought she was like the girl to get coffee. Oh. So instead I said, okay, wear a tunic or over like a very classic trouser or wear one of the dresses, but put a nice blazer over it. So she can still express that love of she has, mm. but also be appropriate in the workplace and be taken a little more seriously because it was yeah. making her look almost too young as well. Right. Um, yeah. And so there, there are ways where you can take what you love and wear it and express it and still be appropriate, like in an office or, mm. you know, wherever you might be Yeah, going. I mean, that's the interesting part of it, isn't it? The sort of messages that we send and, well, and sometimes just the way things are received is right. sometimes out of our control as well. But um, that is interesting. And you mentioning about the leopard shoes made me think of the ex-British Prime Minister, Theresa May, because she was known for her shoes. She always had very interesting shoes, a lot of flats, you know, right. very interesting little different coloured with bows or I think she did have some leopards yes. in ones. Yeah. Well, that so, was her way of, you know, yeah. expressing herself, you know. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then you, if you look at, um, well, you, you know, uh, Oh, I'm blanking on her name, the Secretary of State um, under Clinton, she would wear different brooches and pins depending on who she, what country she was visiting. Mm. And to her, that was a sign of respect and her expressing her love of some poor bit of their culture. So right. there are a lot of ways that you can use clothing to connect with other people. Yeah, yeah. You um, work with teens, obviously, in the Fashion Teens program. And in England, most schools have uniforms. And I actually think that's quite a good idea because you don't have to worry about what you should wear each day and what impact that might have at school. I'm wondering what place you see for fashion in the lives of teens, both in school and outside. Um, well, I definitely see it as them expressing themselves. But I find that most teens um, dress in a very narrow um, um way um in fact like if you go to a high school like santa cruz high yeah. almost all the girls will have jeans or leggings on and some kind of sweatshirt and either um vans or some kind of sneaker like adidas yeah almost all of them and then a very few will go out on a limb and wear like all black or you know express themselves a little bit more but in general most of the teens they really want to fit in they really yeah. want to you know don't want to stand out too much they're still figuring out who they are and what they want to yeah. be so I think it's a little bit more difficult to really express who you are at that point. That's why I really like uniforms because I, I think, you know, people think, oh, it's all bland, you know, whatever. But I think, you know, you're at, not at school to make statements, really. Right. You're there to learn and just make social connections. And it's, it sort of make it's a level playing field in a way. It takes the pressure off a lot and yeah. you don't have to worry about you know, getting dressed in the morning or exactly. what you're going to wear yeah. or whatever, if it, you know, yeah, no, I agree. Um, to a certain level, it really just takes the pressure off teens. One less thing they have to think about. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to change here anytime soon. No, but I don't think so. Interesting to, to think about. Plus it. I always yeah. think like my, my husband's British and his niece and nephew always had to wear uniforms and I think they're all very proper and cute. So I'm always wishing my kids did. But. 
but yeah. I don't think my kids actually would really like that. <laughs> well, then it becomes all about what you do to the uniform within the bounds of what's allowed. Like, you know, can exactly. you have half the shirt pulled out? Can you have right. the tie to one side? Can you yeah. put the... Do you the, put a ribbon in your hair that like, right. matches or doesn't match, yeah. right? Can you the know. cardigan be off the shoulder a bit? So, you know, it's all about how how far can you get right. to be so the rebel? Yeah, So they're you know. still expressing themselves within yeah. those confines. You right, know? exactly. But it, it does take out any sort of socio-economic pressure of, of you know, that, that element Absolutely. of things, which I think yeah. is is good. Well, if you just joined us, you're listening to It's Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland, and my special guest this week, award-winning artist, Rose Celery. And just now I was talking to sought-after style guru, Tina Brown, and together they founded Pivot, the art of fashion. We're going to a break now, but we'll be back after these messages. Buongiorno, we are Luca and Giovanni from Bellagio. We bring to Pleasure Point Santa Cruz the first authentic Italian gelato and the traditional panini. Using family recipes from the old world, we offer the real taste of Italy. We use organic and locally sourced ingredients to create a healthy and delicious treat that will put a smile on your face. Gourmet panini, the real Italian gelato, fresh juices and more just a block from the ocean. Come and visit us. You will feel like you are in Italia. Visit Bellagio at 743 41st Avenue in Santa Cruz. That's 743 41st Avenue. And follow Bellagio Santa Cruz on Instagram. imagine living without stress, anxiety, or fear? And can you imagine a life filled with harmony and inner peace? Is that even possible? The Ananda Yoga and Meditation Center in Scotts Valley offers simple tools to help you become more effective at work and more centered in the face of life's challenges. At Ananda, we offer yoga classes for everybody, inspiring workshops, devotional chanting, and Sunday services based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Our teachers and therapists are highly trained professionals who work together to inspire a healthier you. And your first Ananda Yoga class is always free. Visit us at anandascottsvalley.org or call 338-YOGA. That's anandascottsvalley.org or 338-YOGA. listening to it's a question of balance with me ruth copland and my special guest this week rose celery and tina brown co-founders of pivot the art of fashion and as we've been discussing this is an amazing night of performance fashion where 
artists' creations transcend the imagination and designers' collections wow the crowd and blur the lines between fashion and art with Pivot Expect the Unexpected. And it's happening at the Rio Theatre, Santa Cruz, California, if you're listening in this area. And it's on September 21st. There is also the possibility to get a VIP pre-party ticket as well as to see the runway show. And you can get tickets at the website pivot-artfashion.com, pivot-artfashion.com. If you just go to the events page, there's a tickets link. Or if you go to the show website, it's a question of balance.com. I'll put a link to get tickets on the podcast page of this interview. So if it's easier, just remember the normal show um, website. It's a question of balance.com. If you go there, check out this podcast, you'll be able to get tickets that way as well. So before the break, we were talking to Tina. So I was just going to um, talk to you now, Rose, about what you have been up to and um, also your view on things as an artist. And I believe all art is about communication. I'm wondering how you feel conceptual garments differ from sculpture or paintings in terms of communication. Obviously, you you also create sculpture um, and installations, as I mentioned earlier. Whether there's unique opportunities presented through a conceptual garment. Absolutely, there are. Um, you know, as a young person, I was very interested in fashion. My mother had Chanel shoes that mm. I, she never wore, but they were in <laughs> a box in her closet. Mm. And oh, interesting! And yeah. never wore them, but she had those. And she'd had a trousseau from when she got married, which is a you know relatively outdated thing. Where, mm. um, but all the, all those high end garments that she held on to, and to me, they told some story about my mother, and it was yeah. a hidden aspect of her that were in boxes and unworn and unused. I, you know, I think they still had the original tissue paper on them. Mm. Um, she married a, She married an artist, and she didn't have opportunities to wear her Coco Chanel shoes. Right, yes. Um, <laughs> but, but they told this story about who my mother was and also led me, you know, I was interested in Coco Chanel when I was young, and I would just, like, get at the sewing machine and, you know, sew pieces of fabric together, which inevitably were um, quite bizarre, and you couldn't wear them. <laughs> um, but but then as I grew up and, and was doing other things, a friend and, uh, of mine and I started going to the Castro and... Uh, playing with all the gay boys up there and playing dress up mm. and that evolved as we started fashion art santa cruz and it became a, a whole nother mode of expression to be able to wear something mm. that was an art piece uh, not just create a sculpture and then you sit it on a pedestal and then you walk away um, this is something you could go down the street in or you know in a club in and um bizarrely or not be noticed and you know you you weren't mm. hiding when you were wearing these things you yes, weren't trying yeah. to blend in yeah I mean it is interesting to think about I mean obviously art as I mentioned is a form of communication but if you put it onto a living person it, it sort of 
accelerates that in a way, doesn't it? Because it's just connecting you in a, in a very visceral way with it. Even if you're viewing it on somebody else, you know, it's connecting it to the body. And, and surprising things happen when uh, artwork is on the body and the body moves. If you're standing still like a statue, it is relatively like a statue. But when you move, something may start swelling, swaying or clanging together and it brings in a sound element or, you know, an additional movement that you hadn't anticipated so it becomes kinetic. Uh, there's there's kind of a magic that happens when it's on the body and particularly when it becomes something of a performance. Um, and it is a performance when you're wearing something like yeah. this. So it crosses the boundary between art and performance in mm. a lovely way. Yes, yeah. I mentioned earlier that you're inspired by the spoken word. Can can you give us an example of how you've used words to inspire a piece? Um, one year I was thinking about what I was going to make for Fashion Art Santa Cruz. And at that time I, I was watching fashion shows late at night in the dark and there's these models and they're walking down the runway and their feet are going clump, clump, clump. And they were emaciated. You could see every mm. bone, not just their clavicles, their collarbones, but the bones in their chest yeah. and, you know, the bones in their arms. They were they were skin and bones. And I went, hmm, skin and bones. Mm. I should make that. And so then I did, I made a dress made out of bones. And then the model became the skin and the bones were this added element and so it it was a commentary on fashion the emaciated fashion models of that time right yeah and you use materials you feel are essential to a piece which encompasses some pretty unusual items i did mention some of them in the introduction i'm wondering how you see the materials functioning in terms of the impact of a particular piece obviously you've got the overall appearance and then the individual elements. How integral to the experience of the viewer do you think the materials are? Very much so. Um, they're very important to me because they help tell whatever story I'm yeah. attempting to convey. So, you know, bones in the mm. in the uh, skin and bones dress. I did one called Pins and Needles and used 15,000 safety pins and syringes, glass syringes mm. with needles and sewing needles and, hmm. um, you know, a whole conglomeration of to get that edgy sense of, you know, when you're on pins and needles. And that piece, some people will, will refuse to wear. <laughs> they go, oh, I can't wear that. Oh, my <laughs> God, it's got needles on it. Ah. Um, yeah. So it, it has a huge impact. Yeah. Um the elements help describe the piece and they help carry the story and move move it along yeah. so that um, it's, it makes it more difficult because I'm not mm. just taking photographs or I'm not just a printmaker. I'm mm. having to learn new engineering techniques every time I take on, you know, how am I going to use cigarette butts in this piece? <laughs> well, <laughs> and, oh, my God, they smell. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what yeah. do I do about that? And also, of course, it's making people 
think about things in a completely different way whether it's the the phrases as as you've mentioned of the actual words or the items themselves it's sort of mm -hmm. yeah to me it's a, a marriage that helps move things along and um makes it more exciting for me yeah yeah there are indications that participation in art can have tangible positive effects. Uh, a psychologist I admire, Alice Miller, studied artists in depth and considered art could help process trauma. I'm wondering if both of you feel art can have a healing effect, both on those making art and those experiencing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just like I was mentioning earlier that this piece, Untouchable, mm. uh, helped me notice and become aware that I'm walking around feeling like I can't let anyone in that I am mm. untouchable right I, I think that it's a way of processing where we are in our lives and sometimes we don't even realize some of those elements uh, that are sneaking in and it's like a dream where you may not understand the symbolism in it but in six months you go oh that dream I had now I know what it means uh, and you evolve into an understanding of what it is. Yeah. Well, I think, um, and one of the pieces I mentioned earlier about the bullet casings, um, mm, for that yeah. student, she, you know, she just turned 18. Um, the violence that's happened in the last year has affected her greatly, worrying about going to school, wondering if she was going to have to think about it or that's going to happen to her. And she said, I couldn't talk about it. I can't give speeches. I can't write well enough. So I put it into my art. So that was way her way of expressing it. And I think when you see the piece on the runway, it's going to, you know, at first you're like, wow, it's a really cool garment. It's metal. And then when you really look at what it's made out of, and I think people will take away a different feeling about it afterwards. So mm. it's processing for her and it's helping to bring awareness to the audience. Mm. I wanted to ask you both about um, the possibility of art um, to be a means to advance change so I mean you've spoken about that a bit and I know Rose you know you deal with a lot of particularly women's issues do, do you see art as possibly being able to further social justice absolutely like last year we had a piece that was made of thousands of straws and she was trying to promote the straw ban but mm. she made a, a cowboy outfit out of it and she had you know a rope and a cowboy hat <laughs> and you know we played the music from the good the bad and the ugly so there was a tongue-in-cheek aspect to it but she was really trying to say something about stop using plastics right mm -hmm. yeah. and I think about that when I go get something no I don't need a straw this time you know like it, it it's brought an awareness to me and I think to other people yeah yeah, you agree, Rose? Yeah. Oh, I I do, and um, we we've seen number of things that that touch on social political aspects in the art world, but also in Pivot. Um, my daughter at one point had a friend who was complaining that if her boyfriend didn't marry her, and you know her biological clock was ticking, and. And I made a, a piece called Biological Clock that had an LED clock spinning furiously and fastly <laughs> over the uterus. Uh, and my daughter was only 18 at the time. Oh, wow. But yeah. it gave us an yeah. opportunity to talk about when to have children, whether you want to have children, um, whether you're heterosexual. Uh, it opened a door for us, my making that piece, for us to have conversations about mm. that. And we've had great conversations 
because she used to wear so many of my pieces that it right. would uh, open yeah. that door and uh, was a marvelous avenue for us. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't, hadn't really thought about... I mean, I was talking about communication in art, but I hadn't thought about it in that sort of a level of intimacy of just how uh, can help a mother and daughter yeah. <laughs> to actually communicate. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for coming in. And um, I did want to let listeners know again that um, Pivot the Art of Fashion this year, if you're in the um, Santa Cruz, California area, is at the Rio Theatre on September 21st you can get tickets at pivot-artfashion.com if you go to the events page and as I mentioned earlier if you were listening then you can also go to the show website it's a question of balance.com and if you go to the podcast of this interview then there'll be a link there where you can get tickets so um, we all hope to see you there it sounds like it's going to be an amazing event so thank you so much for coming in tina yeah <laughs> thank you so much for having us back really fun. thank Rose, you ruth thank it's you. been a pleasure <laughs> and good luck with it all um it sounds like it's a lot of planning i think going on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. that too <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're on track though are you <laughs> oh we are we, we are. are we've done this enough we're pretty good <laughs> <laughs> well that's good to know so just you again you're listening to it's a question of balance with me ruth copland and um, I just wanted to remind you again about the upcoming uh, Bookshop Santa Cruz events, which uh, they have some amazing things coming up. The next one um, on September 18th is Samantha Power, Pulitzer Prize winning author, former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations. That's going to be a really great one to go to. So if you want tickets to that or to check out all the other upcoming fall winter events coming up they really do have some amazing people um, coming through Santa Cruz you can go to bookshopsantacruz.com well um, it's been lovely being with you again I look forward to being with you again next time and do check out the website it's questionofbalance.com for podcasts of all the previous shows we've had some amazing guests and also some really thought-provoking topics see you next time 